welcome back to another stunning episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and the guy who chews the bark off my big fat log, <laughs> Alex Dandino. <laughs> There are very few things in life I like more than Oliver Platt in this movie. That might be one of your best ones. <laughs> well, let's let's take a minute. Let the water chill, become serene and placid, if you will. And talk about a little business. Guys, it's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist podcast have started a Patreon. That's right. We're money grubbing whores now, like everyone else. Yep. And always. we're here to we're here to beg for some support, guys. So for as little as a dollar a month. You get in, join the community, see what we're working on, meet our awesome patrons that we already uh, have been gathering. And as you climb up the official Highlander tier ranking system, you can actually begin to pick movies. You get votes on movies. We have uh, some cool new miniseries that are probably already rolling out now, uh, trying to get all that scheduled. We have lots of fun stuff going on at Patreon. Uh, we're really trying to harness this, make it even better and more awesome. We've had a great time over there. The Patreon exclusive library has wonderful episodes in that. So again, guys, that's patreon.com slash film alchemist pod. It's the best way to support the show. Uh, even a dollar a month, guys, really does help out. I promise you. Uh, we appreciate those of you who already support. And we want to thank in advance those of you who are about to as well. Make sure you go to YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the channel Film Alchemist. You can see uh, the uh, video versions of most of our podcasts there, along with uh, other content we do from time to time. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials you're on. We're very easy to get a hold of. We love to hear from you, so reach on out. Also, guys, something easy you can do that costs you nothing but a couple seconds and does truly help out shows like us. Make sure you leave the five-star rating and review wherever you find podcasts on all the places you find podcasts. Uh, really helps us out. Really helps us defeat the algorithmic department of game and feed that won't let us do what the fuck we want with our own cows. Right? So help us on out. <laughs> right. Thank you, guys, for... Uh, obliging us all that business i know it's, it's part of the game guys but what we're really here for is an anniversary Ooh. so this will be and here i am forgetting it already i believe the fourth year of film <laughs> it feels like such a blur because the covid times like three months felt like a year and then the rest of it felt really fast right since it's kind of like slowing is it, down is it four years i believe to the to the month Right, we started our first. It's definitely the yeah to the month for sure. Yeah, July four years ago we began this podcast. Right now, some four hundred and twenty episodes later, uh, a long ass journey in these four years. Right, we decided for this July on this anniversary, the fourth year of the show, we would throw it back to the very first curation we did. So when we were coming up with ideas for the show, we had this idea about theming the show. Right, so. Instead of just going through and doing any movie, right, it would help us be a little more creative and, you know, find movies that maybe we wouldn't talk about otherwise, right? We start throwing out all these ideas, right? And the one that immediately sparked both of us was, oh, my God, animals attack the pod. And we loved it, right? So that first curation, if I remember right, was Orca, Anaconda, Man's Best Friend. Not Man's Best Friend. 
not man's best friend, but that's definitely one we've covered. That came Neither from here the, nor there. The, the first curation <laughs> was Anaconda, Orca, Deep Blue Sea, and Congo. My fucking head is like a shark fin. That's right. Wonderful Deep curation. Blue, my head is like a shark's fin. So we came out the gates just swinging. We had a blast talking about those movies. Uh, we were young and naive. We'd already been podcasters for a while, but this is our first foray, man. So we decided for the anniversary to bring it on back to uh, have animals attack us again. Fucking try and lose. All right, before we start, I got to say I was at a bar getting pretty hammered as usual. And this guy, my buddy, right? He goes, hey, here's the deal. I give you a billion dollars today. And I said, whatever the deal is, I'll take it. You can put anything in me wherever you want as many times you want. A billion dollars, yes. And he goes, no, it's not one of those. But someday down the road, and you'll never know when, a gorilla is going to jump you. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, a gorilla will come out of nowhere and attack you with all of its ferocity. And he goes, would you do it? And I go, yes. <laughs> he goes, what? He's like, a gorilla would kill you. I was like, one, I live as a billionaire until then. Two, I can hire people that are just weaker and or less athletic than me to throw in the way of this gorilla. It'll tire itself out, and then I'll kill it with my awesome lightsaber I'll buy with the billion dollars. Also, I was like, you know what gorillas don't have? TV shows called Fight Science, where we know how to just perfectly insist, you know, Boss Rudin's self-defense for bouncers on YouTube, right? Like, you would take that deal. I wouldn't take that deal. You wouldn't want to be a billionaire, even if it was but for a week, because you're afraid of a gorilla? What if it's for, like, a minute? Fine. I'd take my chance. I think I could distract a gorilla so long enough that it would Being a billionaire away. for one minute is worthwhile? No. Sorry. That is such a chicken shit answer, dude. You're not forecasting the life that you could have. But you don't know what kind of life you could have because it might be over in a minute. Not mine. How do you Because I know? watch fight science on TV when it was on. I don't think being a bouncer <laughs> is the same thing as fighting <laughs> off a gorilla. But that's me. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm weird I'm just that saying, way. gorillas have no technique. They're just all fire and brimstone and fury and giant muscles, but you get I'm not going to lie to you, it seems somewhere. to work out for them more often than not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying we're not endangered. Think on that, you fucking gorillas. Are you I don't sure? know why this is happening. Climate I think it's because Let's we're do the pot. <laughs> <laughs> Who made that? Us. So that's the thing. I'm going to become a billionaire and just buy more jets and kill him faster with global warming that's fair. neither here nor there uh, sorry it's animal attack months i thought that was no, a no, funny this is a good uh it's debate a good with your friends debate with your friends would you take the billion if someday a gorilla was coming at you full ferocity and i think easily you could come up with a gorilla defense system for a billion dollars it's funny i was also thinking about this today how long it took you to convince me to do a movie podcast like we had been doing the long box <laughs> for like probably two or three years yeah. at that point and i was like like let's you know, like you were like, I just want to talk about movies. Like I like comic yeah. books and everything, but com but movies are like, you know, movies are what we do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be a movie podcast. Like everything about that sounds like misery. Yeah, Here we are so much happier. You, just, four years you later. preferred the fucking fertile fields of uh fucking just, just hating on horrendous looking virgins, just telling us that we don't know canon and I gotta the, be honest, the fact that we I'm, liked movies I'm so much happier. <laughs> I was so much happier, and I think you would agree. We were so much happier once we had jettisoned, like, being Longbox. And, like, yeah. now, like, being solely Film Alchemist is a lovely place to be. 
And we've talked about maybe doing some comic book stuff again on the Patreon. Because we both it's, very deeply it's love comics. It's not outside the realm of possibility, but not the way right. we're doing it. I love comics. I don't appreciate um, certain elements of the fandom that feel I don't the appreciate need to the fester. Fandom. I'm going to be completely yeah. honest with you. I not all of them. The most most comic fans are great. But that's neither here nor there either. We're here celebrating this anniversary with a movie. And we're starting Animal Attack Months with a film that I can't believe didn't make the cut in the first curation, if I'm being honest. We were saving it. Lake Placid. Yes. Now, this is a movie that... My brother's dog is having weird nightmares. I think he's re remembering watching this. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but this is a film that is such a strange mixed bag, right? The alchemy of this film yeah. is so fascinating. Because on, on the surface, this is Jaws in a Lake is what they're... They yeah. bill it as, right? That's what the trailer's telling you. Sure, sure. That is not the movie you're getting. You're actually getting this really strange mix of comedy. And then it just almost has this, like, peppered in giant alligator for no real reason, right? Like, it's not it's not narratively important by the end of the film that there's a crocodile eating people. Not even Like, close. the fact that there's a 40-some foot, I think they say 30, but I'm like, that's Th bigger than that. 30. Yeah, a 30-foot crocodile eating people. That should matter more in your movie. And by the end of the film, the crocodile's just very second nature, right? Like, it, it doesn't even matter that it's in the film. Yeah. It's such a bonkers movie. But today I rewatched it, right? Because I woke up hungover. I told my kids, I was like, we're not going to daycare. You're just going to hang out with me and watch Lake Placid and Jaws. They're seven and four. So I'm probably not winning any Dad of the Year awards. But my kids fucking love Lake Placid. They liked the jokes. And they thought that crocodile stuff was fucking thrilling. It took me back. To being a younger person and just being able to fully embrace this more. Um, and I'm actually shocked this film is not more, not only just enjoyed, but really cherished. I think this is a fucking wonderful film. So, Alex, opening thoughts on Lake Platt. What are we, like 40 minutes into the show? Good for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know... I feel like Lake Placid is one of those things. It came out in 1999. It falls into that sad, hapless moment in American cinema where we like made direct to, we made direct to DVD sequels of everything. So like on the cheap, this movie I didn't realize it's five sequels to Lake Placid. I was trying to think in my I head which it was had only more two. this or Anaconda. I think yeah. Anaconda might even have more, but no yeah. shit, really. But either way, um, Lake Placid is like, and again, I had completely forgotten most of the actual beats that I enjoyed in this film, most of the humor itself. And it's so entertaining in a way that like it shouldn't be. Like It's an animal attack movie, but it's much more about like how annoying everyone is <laughs> when you're stuck, <laughs> when, when you're, when you're out camping. I mean, there is stuff in this. You're house. saying we got like a low key Lord of the flies with grownups with like middle-aged Lord of the flies. <laughs> like it's middle-aged Lord of the flies. We're like, absolutely no one's motivated to hold the conch. Like nobody gives yeah. a shit. Or even if you have it, like who gives a shit? Like, as soon as you touch the conch, everyone's like, let's just beat his ass. So no one talks. <laughs> it's no, it, but that's it's what I hilarious. mean. And again, I don't mean to be flippant in my remark that the crocodile doesn't matter. But I think the kinda... crocodile scenes, the crocodile scenes are really good, right? Like, mm. I really enjoy them. They really added a lot for my children, right? But for me, yeah, what I, what I kind of, I always forget when I watch this, right? I remember it being funny. I remember enjoying um, 
the characters a lot, right? Especially, uh, what's his name? Hector Seer, right? Played by the the all-time great Oliver Platt, right? Everyone who oh, listens yeah. to this show knows that I have a mad affection do. for that, Oliver Platt. Yeah, we love time, that guy. Big-time platitudes. Just, just a great, great fucking actor. And this is probably, if I'm being honest, my favorite role of his. Um, he just is a nonstop fucking amazing one-liner in this movie. But still manages to like give Hector like a little a little heft underneath, right? But so I always remember Oliver Platt. I forget how funny Brennan Gleason is, right? Like he's so fucking good in this movie as the just like furious at life sheriff. But I mean, the whole thing though, like you're sitting there just watching scenes, right? And when they all show up together, right? So Fonda and Pullman and Gleason standing out back of the truck, right? I have a I have a mosquito thing. Well, and they just do this like fucking fire, like rapid fire banter back and yeah. forth, right? And you were talking about this is written by David E. Kelly, right? This is written by David of E. Kelly. Of TV fame. Like Do- Doogie Howser co-creator, Allie right. McBeal, the never seen Wonder Woman pilot. <laughs> like And that's what I mean. It has that vibe though. You can imagine this as like a fast talking, you know, nineties comedy. Totally. Right, like a TV comedy, and I think that's what I always am so glad when I get back that the chemistry between these characters and actors is fucking wonderful. Yes, it's it's just a joy to watch all these people come together in this movie. Like, and again, they all fit like perfect tropes. Like even side characters, like I. Um, Patton Oswald's wife, Meredith Salinger, plays one of the deputies, and I fucking love her in this. Like, because like Oliver Platt and her are just trying to get down the entire time. That scene where yeah, law enforcement's such a dangerous career, and you have such wonderful and round boobs. That's <laughs> <laughs> like everything he says is great. She's like begging him to not go. Uh, she's begging him to like not dive. <laughs> she's like, I'll have sex with you. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. I, I love this. This is just like the greatest Sweet. weaponization of sexuality ever. It's like, <laughs> don't hurt yourself. I have to have sex with you later. Like, but Bridget Fonda is like so off kilter, like the entire movie. Like she, everything, like her reaction to everything is like an 11 of like anger. Like not, not just for, not for not the right reasons either. She's literally being sent on an assignment because her, yeah ex-boyfriend wants to bang out mariska hargitay uh which i mean hey man look choice, you're gonna trade choices up. were made choices trade were up, made yeah i'm just saying the movie definitely i always kind of forget the subplot of did this guy hear there was a giant creature murder and be like hey lady who hates the outdoors you should go you should go and just pray that she gets eaten i was yeah. like that is dark that is a nefarious and i'm like a, you're already just you can just fire her. You don't have then, to like. Yeah, you have like. <laughs> and then what's funny it, again? It's, it's this weird thing. Like Brendan Gleeson is such a fascinating casting for this because they want him to be this sort of Barney Fife, but you also not realize, American, right? Yeah, like not the classic like hardcore not American. But he's like yeah, supposed to be like this. Well. He's supposed to be this like Gomer, and you realize he actually like he again. He's Brendan Gleeson. He's a very talented actor, but like there's no point in the movie. Where I'm like. 
that guy clearly has no idea what he's doing. I'm like, no, 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 no. If anyone's going to shoot anything and make it successful, it's definitely going to be Brendan Gleeson in this movie. Yeah, Brendan, Brendan Gleeson is just, yeah, just fucking fed up with every, like, I love that at the start when he's just like, was that sarcasm? And the guy's like, no, and he goes, and he's like, I know. and he's just sitting there crushing Twinkies like, yeah. I just can't believe sarcasm snuck just, in my boat. It's a Tuesday. What the fuck? Yeah, just furious. And then when he meets Bill Pullman, he goes, oh, great, a whole sentence sarcastic. And I, but that's what I mean. So he's always on the lookout for snark and also, sarcasm. She Bill always Pullman, has a thing with creature. They're just great, man. Everyone Bill has Pullman a good show, The way Bill Pullman shows up in this movie. Like, it's one of my all-time favorite, like. I will say this. Just act-ins. <laughs> do you feel like he's the only guy that didn't get anything to do? I feel like <laughs> okay. it's strange because he's the he's the like big name of the movie essentially sure. at this point. It, I don't know why they need him except for there's that weird like they're gonna bang subplot. Well, it's like yeah, that's he's there to be eye candy for one. There is this like bang <laughs> subplot. He's the fish and game guy, but like there's no way anyone that attractive would be like a fish and game guy. So he like. Really, or are they all that attractive? Like you know, guys that just walk you know, through the other water too, all day must have great cores. I completely forgot that he was the fish and game guy. I thought for a very long time. I thought since the last time we've seen this movie, I thought for sure he was the sheriff. He like, was a fed, yeah. But no, that's man, what I mean. He he doesn't but matter his, like, at all in this movie. <laughs> but his intro when they're standing outside the feed store or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Where he's just like, hey. It's that perfect Bill Pullman smolder you always get. Because Bill Pullman in movies has, like, two emotions, and these are, like, always my favorite things. It's either he's, like, had enough, and it's like, uh, he always, like, grabs (laughs) the bridge of his nose a little bit. It's it's just... uh, The classic... One of those things you've never seen anyone do in real life, but everyone in movies does it, right? The old, oh, uh, God, they pinch their nose. No one does that. It's right, you might exact. put your 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 hands in your your face yeah. your hand face in your hands, but like no one pinches their nose. Bill Pullman and Nick Nolte do the same kind of gag in a mo- in movies yeah. where it's like, uh, oh God. Patton Oswalt has an amazing bit about this, but um, it's true. <laughs> but then um, the other emotion that Bill Pullman has in this movie <laughs> is like cool Cary Grant smolder, but like not like. 90s smolder it's carrie grand smolder she's like oh yeah that guy was definitely down to pound in 1966 <laughs> like, that's, that's that's the that's like the grab that's the gravitas of bill pullman in this movie and then yeah he literally fades into the background he's just like that guy might have sex with bridget fond at some point are you just film. saying that bill pullman is a sexual cow being dangled beneath the helicopter I'm saying Bill Pullman the is middle a sexual, aged women of the audience. Bill Pullman is a sexual cow being dangled upon the audience in general. Be like, that guy might end up having sex with Bridget Fonda in this movie. Yeah, maybe. Think not, about how the time, like, if this movie were made today, you'd get someone like Hemsworth to be that guy, the like yeah. sexual cow. Yeah, yeah. And like, so I was like, you think ladies today really need a bucket and a mop for Bill Pullman? Like, is that a thing today? Or you mean in '99? I mean, like, like. The today's audience. I'm like, he's a he's a good looking man. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I was like, is anyone like, you know, pulling on the collar when Bill Pullman's around? I feel like everywhere I go, there's a Bill Pullman level hot guy. Yeah, I mean, these days, <laughs> it's a different thing. He's they didn't really... have CrossFit back then. It was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. 
they not, still I ate mean, carbs. Again, like in 99, it was like the really, again, this is why I say the Cary Grant thing is like, because <laughs> you're like thin, but not like you're not, you're thin, but not ripped. Like that's the Bill Pullman You can still thing. tell he'll like have a six pack with you. Yeah. Like he'll drink a beer with you early sure. dad bod. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, the, but the 90s dad bod was just thin. Like, you're just like, oh, that guy's just a person who exists. Like, it's not. I, I honestly just don't. I wish he wasn't in the movie, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Because I was like, really just having Bridget Fonda be stuck between this fucking just craggly ass sheriff, right? Like, think of that moment at the end of the film, right? When he goes, well, I'm still mixed on you. He's not Scottish in the movie. I don't know why I did that. And uh, she just goes, all right you know, kind of blows it off and gives him a kiss on the cheek and they have like a nice knowing smile. Yeah. And then Hector, he was like, we had sex. It was very vigorous. And she's like, what? No. And he goes, ah, I'm so bad in bed. No one remembers. But that's what I mean. Put her between those two guys and just take out the, uh, hey, will you put band-aids on me? Will I go, hey, yeah. just pull that out of the movie. And this might be a perfect five-star film. I don't know. I'm just saying it doesn't hurt the film in any way. It's right. just annoying that we take... I mean, when, I when think this movie's running, it's so fast and snappy, and I just I don't know why we do the like three scenes where right. I we have, slow down and do that. I have a theory that the reason this is what this is my theory is that they got <laughs> halfway through production, and somebody was like, "Do you think it's believable that Bridget Fonda would have sex with either Brendan Gleeson or uh, Oliver Platt?" And they're like, "Oliver Platt, obviously." Like. Yeah, but we gotta like not we gotta throw the scent off because yeah, Oliver Platt's sexual napalm. But who can we yeah. bring in that's can? I be believe like, Oliver Platt in this movie would get fuck loads of pussy. Oh, for sure. This Listen, Hector guy, so he's independently wealthy. Independently travels wealthy. the world swimming with fucking crocodiles. You're telling me that like, yeah, my husband, you know, he's a sales uh, a sales rep somewhere. He golfs like three times this a week. Is how- this is how like, you know Hector what? Sear gets just like mad poos is uh, <laughs> he uh, the the so like so he lands on the campsite and he's just like, yeah, I'm here. My big dick's out. Let's fucking find a croc. You know, the next scene cut to the camp being set up. There's literally like a 60s key party going on inside yeah. his tent. Like no, people that, just, That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, this dancing. is what I mean. <laughs> Take away. Let's say he has the smallest dick. Right. Yeah. Small dick energy. Just, I think people underestimate, right? I'm I'm nearing middle age and I'm married, right? right? I live in a neighborhood where it's a lot of families and married people. And, you know, it's very Stepford in my neighborhood, right? Everyone's got the kids, the dog. It's like, it's very creepy almost. And in my neighborhood, I'm like the weird guy. And I'm like, fine. And I'm telling you, whenever there's a thing and you're the weird guy coming in, in my neighborhood, people are like, oh, look out. This guy. You never know what this guy will say. And I'm telling you, people sexually, right? They have young person energy, right? Like, I got to be buff. Right. I got to let them know I got a big, like, veiny dick, right? Like, right, whatever. Right. Yeah, and I was like, do not underestimate when you hit our age just being mildly interesting as an aphrodisiac. There are so many dads that have just surrendered their life, right? They have no interest in doing anything but golfing and drinking to get away from their kids watching sports a lot right right they're not like so wife uh do you think crocodiles might be gods right like you're not having that conversation over chipotle for the third time that week no, no, so no, no. 
guys like Hector, just be interesting. As you age, guys, be interesting. I swear it'll help you out. Neither here nor there. We're off topic again. <laughs> I mean, Another amazing cameo of the film, the, the secret weapon of this film, which was actually kind of heartbreaking to watch today. Was oh, I found it very heartwarming. It was nice The late, great again. Betty White. I, see, I agree, but then that last scene when it fades to black and she's feeding the little Crocs. It made me sad. Like when it cut to black, I was like, fuck, man. Like, there's always we're the baby sharks and we don't have her to feed us anymore. I've seen this movie like, I've seen this movie like five times. I, every time that scene comes up, I was like, man, do you think they did one shot, like one take where the baby alligator like bit her toe off? And like, that was like, I was like, just one, just to see what would happen. Never for Betty. I would like to know how many takes did it take them every single time to get a, a take where no one laughed. So I was like, she had to be killing in that room. Yeah, she had to be just crushing them, like repeating. <laughs> the one where she tells the story when we first meet her, right? And they're like, she's like, actually, I killed my husband. She so wants to protect the croc, she claims to have killed her husband. Yeah, straight up, and she like, goes. <laughs> If you don't believe me, dig him up, Sherlock. <laughs> just it goes into him. So at first she's got this like spacey old lady vibe, right? And then the all-time scene is watching her drag the cow out, right? Yeah. And you see the croc like up and waiting. So they do kind of the, a good trick, right? Sparsely seeing the croc early on, right? Yeah. When it's clearly a pool underwater, they're pretty sparse with it. <laughs> and then they, I feel like they weaponize it really well when we get croc, right? Totally. And that scene is awesome. My kids were like, oh, shit. Uh, and they go up and they start yelling at her. And this is when she fucking goes off on him and Brendan Gleason's giving her shit. And she just goes, if this is where I had a dick, this is where I tell you to suck, suck it. it. And my kids were like, yeah. And I was like, what? Okay. But every fucking line, like even later when she's talking to that deputy, she's like, okay. is it against the law to hope that your, your friend gets eaten? Like when she's she like, what's the crime being cop. chewing on law enforcement? <laughs> when she has that beat. I was like, there's no way that guy got through. That guy had to get through at least three takes first before he's like, all right, finally I can settle in here. Yeah. That shit is funny, dude. Funny. She's... And then she drops the, you know, her husband actually got eaten by the croc saving a horse. And uh, she has that great line, right? It's really his lake now. We cut to, you know, later they're, like, stealing her cow. And she calls him Officer Fuckmeat. And I was like, whose brilliant idea was it to say, you know what we need is Betty White saying Officer Fuckmeat. I absolutely forgot she had called him off. I I always thought it was fuck off. And then... Like I had forgotten that it was fuck meat, and then I heard it today. It's such like, a weird. Oh God, I'm yes. always appreciative of people that are trying to find ways to say, say things like that, right? Like Betty Betty White drops a cocksucker in yeah. this movie, um, and it's just like what the fuck. But that's the thing; she was so capable of this, right? And had a comedic background, obviously, but just the foresight to be like, you know, who will crush this? Betty White. Yeah, that's why we need Oscars for casting directors. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It is a skill I, above a nail. I'm sure else. someone would say, but Griff, take a sec. Do you actually think the casting director from Lake Placid would win an Oscar? And I was like, no, but it would be something guys like us would bitch about for eternity, right? We love talking about snubs at the Oscars. This was a good one, but yeah. So Betty White, it really such a fucking wonderful performance, man. And and yeah, when it faded to black, it did actually like bum me out a little bit. Um, but walk me through, Alex. It's a movie about a giant fucking crocodile. 
Tis. What Tis about? Indeed. And this is a month about animals attacking. By the way, the how rare is it that we watch a movie and we're like actually talking about the people in the movie rather than how awesome the animal is? So yeah, strange. right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Walk me through though. What did you make? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just scrolling through my notes and it's just all fucking Oliver. All, all of the plat quotes. But he has the story. He's like. Maybe later so you can come back to my tent and chew the fucking bark off my big fat lawn. It's just like who says when he first meets Brendan Gleason before the movie even starts, he goes, hey, sometimes you need to hear this from a perfect stranger. You're fat. You're fat. You're like really fat. And it's like <laughs> he's also fucking fat. And I was like, I just love everything about. Yeah. Hey, can she stay? We were hoping to mate. Right? Like, say we were hoping to mate. He's just so, so <laughs> it's so like gross. The longer you live, the more like, the more chance you can have to have sex with your sister. He's out here waving his little wanger, <laughs> waving his little wang around. <laughs> okay, neither here nor there. Talk to me about this fucking croc. Where do you stack it up against uh, famous monster animals in movies? What did they do uh, well with the croc? What didn't work for you? Walk me through the crocodile. I'd say for me, Lake Placid Crocodile is like fourth or fifth behind really? like like behind like Jaws, T Rex. Ja- I feel like Jaws and T Rex are like one and two by a lot. Yeah, Jaws and T Rex. Take out Kong and Godzilla because they're actually one and two. Take yeah, those. Yeah. I'd say Jaws, T Rex, uh, the dog from uh, Man's Best Friend is number three. <laughs> I mean, some people might say Cujo. That's fine. No, it's got to be the dog. Anyway, either way, um, <laughs> off topic. Crocodile from Lake Placid is. I I love the way that it's. I love the slow rollout. Like that's the, like, this is the thing that Lake Placid does that not a lot of other movies about like animal attacks that kind of thing, like, and we'll talk about it when we talk about Jaws this month. But like. For me, the blueprint of how to slow roll out your animal attack mm. is how they do it in this movie, which is exactly the same way they do it in Jaws. Like you don't yeah. show you don't show this animal until like you really need to see it. Like when we finally see it, and granted it's like nineteen ninety nine CGI, but when we really see it the first time, when they're getting into a big fight and that bear shows up at the Dude. camp. And then just I had totally <laughs> forgotten about that scene. And again, I'm also getting fucking jazzed, right? Mm-hmm. Like you ever see those videos of like teenage kids like bench pressing and there's like 30 other teenagers like <laughs> that was my living room today. Because yeah. my kids were like jumping off the couch when crocodile stuff would happen. I'm like, holy shit, man, I'm like jazzed off this. When he took down that fucking bear, that was righteous. That's fucking awesome. It's an it amazing cut, but- shot. So I agree with you, and I think it's twofold, right? The wonderful, like, they're really sparse with it mm-hmm. for a lot of the movie. But it comes after this amazing beat where Brennan Gleason's gotten trapped by Oliver Platt, and he's upside down. He's like, I don't know. He has a weird murderous intent on his face. <laughs> and it's like, you know, all right, I won't attack. And you go, I lie. They're chasing each other with sticks. It's this wonderful comedic beat that just out of nowhere is punctuated by this ultra-fucking-violent crocodile yeah. attack. And I think that's the movie is so fucking strong and good at the, you know, it's that great British bake off thing, right? You know, you got to balance it out. It can't just be all frosting, right? It has this amazing yeah. fucking cake. And so then the the animal really is just like, if any of that's good, this movie's better than a lot of its peers, right? Yeah. Totally. And uh, so, yeah, I agree, man. I thought that was cool. But even the first scene, right? 
they take the Jaws example. When you show something above water, right, in the real world, we see this guy flying around. And then we see Brennan Gleason grab the scuba guy and his fucking bottom half is not so there. awesome. One of my favorite so fucking like, one awesome. of my favorite practical effects ever is that just fucking... great. Yes, so I agree. But what it does in our minds, nothing they'll ever make is as powerful as that beast is under the water unseen. Right. And that was the lesson of Jaws, right? And they did that really well. We just like, holy fuck, this thing bit a guy in half. It's cool to see him eat a fucking bear. Yeah, not as cool as seeing that body get pulled up, right? Um, even when he jumps out and just bites the guy's head off, you see a little of him, but it's fast. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, he's like a fucking headshot sniper now. So, <laughs> I thought they did a good job. By the time you get to the cow and the final scene, right where they trap him with the copter is pretty funny, <laughs> right? Hilarious. They're dangling. It's just it's all like fucking hijinks at this yeah. point, right? We're doing like real Keystone Cop shit. For like, yeah, it's pretty stupid because they do the same beat four times. I don't know where it is. Bumps the helicopter. Someone falls in. I don't know where it is. And like, whatever. The idea of catching it with the copter is fine. But in this moment, when we're just watching it constantly, like it was cool when the jaws were like caught on the tree and couldn't get Fonda right. My kids thought that was rev. Um, That's fine. Not the best stuff in the film, right? What was a hilarious choice is when there was the second gator. And Brennan Gleason finally got to fucking blow that thing's head off, and it was so amazing. Awesome. I, I don't know. It okay, was amazing. Okay, that happened. <laughs> Here's actually this is my biggest Back to one. This is my biggest <laughs> note in the movie, though. Was that happened? Fucking crock chunks go everywhere. Yeah. The next shot is a wide of the beachhead. There's no blood, no nothing. Like it's just a very clean beach. You're like, wow, all right. Strict. They also had to do the cow lives right. The saves the cow shot. Saves the cow. Yep. But yeah, I just I, I thought it was great, man. Uh, again, that is where it starts to get silly. That's where it starts looking more like one of those universal like live performance things. It's very much a water. But by that ride. that point of the movie, you bought into the character, yeah. so you it, just kind of have to accept it. I think that's why like Bridget Fonda for me is like so over the top in this movie, and I think that's why she has to be <laughs> over the top because like in any other instance of a movie, she would be the straight person. She'd be the straight man doing like the what, what, what. And while she still does that, her reaction is so much more, uh, so much more anger and like just like fed upness with the whole situation that you're like, there's actually kind of a sweetness to it when she goes, this is the first time I've ever been in the middle of something. Yeah. Right. And especially with where she's at, I was like, I thought she was wonderful in this film. Right. Again, the, the guy I would get rid of is Bill Pullman. For sure. But everyone else is just delivering. Like, I, one of my favorite beats in the movie, we actually talked about it, right? It was when Hector goes diving, right? Yeah. And the croc is, like, right face-to-face with him. It's, like, one of those awesome, like, the giant floating, sh- like, croc is laid out, right? It's very still. You're just getting a scale of it. And he just goes, I know it might seem like a good plan to eat me right now. It would cheapen you. <laughs> but just the, when he goes, holy spirit of Sobek, holy ghost holy shit because i feel very foolish right now <laughs> like it's just wonderful right because and this is, i love that scene in microcosm because it's what the movie does really well which is a character that cannot be taken seriously having a fucking serious moment where they are confronted by right. a reality of nature right not in our reality but in this where they oh my god 
and the fucking bullshit falls away. And, like we see them act like a normal human for like two seconds. Right. Uh, I just thought it was great, man. I don't well, know. Yeah. I, I I just love this fucking movie. That scene particularly, <laughs> that like stare down with nature thing too is like this. It's one of those great moments in movies like this where. Oliver Platt is this ridiculous caricature of like an eccentric bil- eccentric millionaire guy. You're like, cool, whatever. You know, I don't really care. Like, the eyes he's, of a dragon. Yeah, he's just here for like these hilarious one-liners and trying to get laid. Like, that's cool. And then he has that moment with like his god, essentially, where he's staring. He's like, when he says it would cheapen you, I'm like, oh, wow. He really values this in some weird way. <laughs> like, it's yeah. such a strange beat. I love. And you're it like, so much. of course, a guy who brings up that he does karate in a fight and says, you didn't say go. Of course that guy thinks crocodiles are gods. I was like, of course that's like his whole life. Like it makes sense in the world we're in. They do a great job at the buy-in. <laughs> I will say I forgot about, cause obviously the baby Crocs tag. Great. I forgot the end of the movie is essentially a long semi truck shot. Yeah. Of this thing being transported to, Portland? I didn't know if there was a Portland on the East Coast. I think there is. There is Portland, Maine. Yes. But yeah, I was like, what are you going to do with that thing? What's the fucking plan? And I'm actually kind of sad the sequels never got into like, you know, it's like there's this great, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen the third creature from the Black Lagoon? Yes. A long time ago. So this this is wild, right? Because Creature from the Black Lagoon goes first one. Part two is the SeaWorld one, right? Where they try to make it an exhibit and he starts running amok, right? Nature won't be contained. The third one, we're not even doing the creature anymore. Essentially, they have crossbred him. I don't remember if it's genetically or through just like, you know, what they do in a fucking shape of water. Right? However, they have this like human creature from the Black Lagoon hybrid. Right. And it gives these real kind of vibes to like, early slave slave slavery imagery right and it is wild and uh, and i was like that's what i would love to have seen from lake placid moving on is i don't want to just see more shark or like croc biting stuff but go into that weird territory right like what if you like that creature from the black lagoon three does not get enough credit for just going out on a limb and actually trying to like say some shit that's going to make people uncomfortable um really fucking cool movie we don't have that problem in Lake Placid. <laughs> and I, I believe I've seen the next three or four of these. I think I might have seen every one of these, and they are not worth the time. But yeah, I was like, that's really sad to do the fucking the, the tractor trailer shot and never fucking use it. Never that. really paid it off. Sad. Like, what if it was, yeah, like a, a Lake Placid uh, in Germany, right? Like Now all of a sudden they're sending like Croc soldiers in and shit. That'd be great. I don't know. <laughs> But that's the kind of movie this is. I'm like, it's not the movie you expect. So, like, the sequels should have done more of that, yeah, right? Yeah, it's blending. much closer to, like, it's much closer to a comedy than it is, like, anything thrilling. Like, but that's... Oh, I think it's comedy number one. Yeah. Because I, I read a couple people were talking about, you know, they almost bothered them. Like, it didn't take the crocodile seriously enough. And I'm like, do I you mean, take how, any of these take, things very yeah, seriously? How seriously do you take crocodiles and... <laughs> Like, when I watch Anaconda, I'm just really stoked that there's only, like, a third as many jokes. Like, I really want 
You know, I want more sexual creepiness like what John Voight is bringing, right? Yeah, yeah. I need more weird John now, Voight from Uruguay. Alternate universe, right? I know we're all doing, like, IP rebrandings and fucking legacy sequels and shit. Right, right. If they hadn't died, presumably, right? Do a young prequel of John Voight from Anaconda with Oliver Platt from this movie. In like a made for sci-fi channel, you know, Crocaconda. Right. Oh, but do it like <laughs> but do it like that movie with Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins where they get lost in the woods and have to like a survival yeah. movie. Yeah. So they're both they're both in just out of college, right? They work at a bar called Baby Birds. Right? Baby they're, birds. Just, they're slinging drinks, right? One of those yep. you fucking chug like a margarita, you get a big goofy ass hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they both slinging like the, there. They got like the the margarita machines in the back, yeah. Like yeah, and they're they're just like using like their tales of like which of their mythical creatures is better. Maybe yep. at the end of the movie to fight the crocodonda, crocodonda, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. They actually get like some kind of like spirit animal forms. Right. You know what I mean? Like a kung fu panda oh, three good. thing. Actually, I'm gonna say they they should both be working at a senior frogs. That's where they should be working because we're in the amphibian family. We're getting close to reptiles. But I mean, baby bird, it's all right, baby bird. Right, maybe no. that's where he picked it up. I, he still ooh, thinks everyone's happy. That's the other thing too out. is in the movie, John Voight has to be a, just a full blown white guy, not from Uruguay. Really <laughs> he like picks it up. I was gonna say John John Voight goes into that special category, like whatever uh, they had George C. Scott doing or whatever his name is uh, in Firestarter, where I'm like, <laughs> that is not a proud Native American. That is the whitest <laughs> white. Like just the whitest man. Um, there is this. There is a lineage of these uh, roles that John Voight definitely slides into because John Voight, and this is not just a he's really aged into being a curmudgeon-y white, right? Like white, white, white. Like come on. Do you? But <laughs> here, this is something I didn't. I, I I looked up today. Do you? Can you guess how much screen time the crocodile has in this movie? Seven minutes. Three minutes and 43 seconds. Really? CGI and animatronic combined. Wow. Okay, that's even less than I... But that's what I mean. It's used very it's impressive. Scary. Because I actually about care about So in about that, you get the cow. You get the chopper. You get the fucking uh, uh, underwater tree, the helicopter bite. You get the grizzly bear. Like, that's a lot of memorable scenes to have in three minutes, right? It's Absolutely. just these little... It's like good comedy, right? You get them up here, bam. Then you bring it back down, get them up again. Poof. So yeah, I just I I don't know, man. I maybe I saw this young, but I feel like as we've gone on, Lake Placid is kind of poo pooed, right? Like it's all right, but why would I ever willingly watch Lake would, Placid it's, it's over worth a, boom 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 boom? It's very much worth a revisit. It's a very entertaining movie. It's that's the thing. It's so just purely entertaining. Yeah. And and the the sh- the crocodile bits work exactly like the best animal attack scaries. Mm-hmm. But the comedy and the the chemistry of the cast is like just Brendan Gleeson and Oliver Platt alone. I was trying to think as like I can't think of any other characters in any of these animal attack movies we've done except for Jaws that just have that magic thing. Like you just want to watch these two on screen. Like, the the guys in Jaws, right, when they hit the boat, that's, I mean, as good as it gets, first off. Yeah, yeah, but. for sure. But, like, this is just wonderful mayhem and slapstick. And I don't know. I, I, f- 
fucking adore Lake Placid. It was wonderful to go back and rewatch it with my kids, especially. They fucking loved it, too. Yep. Um, hot debate in my house today was, is it better than Jaws uh, with Hunter? No. Well, sorry. right. We're grownups. S- That's sorry, how you Hunter. know someone's a child is when they say Lake Placid's better than Jaws. Yeah, sorry, but Hunter. <laughs> Hunter's like, why did I see Jaws eat a bear? And I was like, good point, question mark. I was like, unless Quint had like a wild time in his younger days, I don't know. But that's a prequel. That's a prequel too. He's one of the customers at Baby Birds. But uh, anywho, that's it. <laughs> Fucking Lake Placid. Uh, that is not it for Animals Attack the Pod. We're here close. all month. We've got Jaws. We've got the birds. We've got uh, Monkey Shine. We've also got maybe a couple others uh, popping in with some uh, new guests of the show. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up. A lot of great stuff over on Patreon, guys. Uh, it's a big time for the show, man. The summer rolling into the fall is where things really heat up for us. So, uh, again, that's patreon.com slash Pod. Best way to support the show, guys. Please, please, please join us over there. Make sure you leave those rating and reviews. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Murphy. I'm Alex Dandino. So vigorous. <laughs>